Episode 10, Unpacking My Boxes, Daddy Issues. For your reference, Psalm 2710, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So for the past few episodes, we've really been um, digging into unpacking our boxes where we are really tackling the issues and experiences that women face that they oftentimes tuck away, they don't want to deal with, they don't want to talk about. They learn to function, they learn to go about life. And then as we develop a relationship with God, as we begin to um, walk in, in the path of salvation, and as we begin to grow, um, as God is ready to take us from glory to glory, as he's ready to uh, elevate us and take us to higher heights, um, oftentimes our issues, our experiences, they the baggage weighs us down. And so we are unable to really step into purpose the way that God intends. And so for this episode, we are going to dig into talking about daddy issues and how um, this these issues can affect our our relationships whether it's um you know um spouse or relation uh significant other relationships or even when it's time to submit to the authority and leadership in our churches um it could even be really being able to wrap our mind around and receive in our spirit that God is our father so today we have um a guest her name is Erica Lynn she is an author keynote speaker and podcast host who is motivating people all over the world into using proven healing techniques that will help you take one step beyond you. Um, She has a book, she has a podcast, host a podcast, and her company One Step Beyond You is dedicated to helping women really deal with their issues so that they can begin to move in purpose. I would like to welcome Miss Erica Lynn. How are you? Hello. I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. No problem. It is my, a great honor to come and bless your platform tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so if you wanted to get, just tell us a little bit about um, the book that you wrote, as well as if you wanted to mention your podcast and um, tell us a little bit about One Step Beyond You. Okay. Well, the book that I wrote, The Seven Techniques of Healing, was centered around my story. I'll go give you a little backstory. Um, when I was a little girl, I remember coming home from school one day, and my father had left. Now, him and my mother, they had broken up several times. You know how relationships are good and right, bad. But right. this particular time, I came home, and he was gone for good. Wow. That totally devastated me right it devastated me on the capacity that I just was always looking for love in all the wrong places I wanted someone to give me the love that I was missing from my father right and as a result of that I just began on a going on a path of searching for that love Mm -hmm. I remember one day 
uh, we had a neighbor that lived down the street from us. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at him as a father figure, you mm-hmm. know. And I didn't know him and my mom were dating or anything like that. I just like, okay, he's a neighbor mm-hmm. and he's a man, he's older. And so he's that father figure that I'm missing. Right. And so my mother would say, well, go over there and wash his dishes. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll give you a few dollars to for candy or whatever you need, you know, the money for. I was 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. And she said, he likes you. He'll take you to the store for me. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, can you go and ask him to take you to the store? I need some potatoes and some other things for dinner. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I went and I asked him to take me to the store. So when we were coming back out of the grocery store, I remember wanting to get in the back seat. And he says, no, you ride in the front seat with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I don't want to. So, so I get in the front seat. I'm being obedient. And I said as close as I could to the door. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, why are you sitting so far? So now you know back then those cars didn't have middle consoles. Right. They were just right. one long front seat. Right. And he right. reached over and he grabbed me and he pulled me over closer to him mm-hmm. and as he was driving the car he began touching me and fondling Jesus. me all over my body Jesus. and I remember sitting there squeezing my arms and my legs tight as I could figuring that I was strong enough to keep him from infiltrating my infrastructure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but needless to say a 13 year old girl is not you can't withstand a grown right. man right? right and so um, he ends up touching me in places that I didn't want to be touched right so the result of that was I just was messed up in the head after mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to feel. I just began going crazy in my mind, mm-hmm. um, getting in trouble, smoking weed, drinking, partying, having, you know, becoming promiscuous mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. 13. Right. And my family just labeled me as a wild child. It was like, we don't understand what's going on with her. Why did right. she just start acting like this? Jesus. But I didn't have enough sense to say anything out of my mouth. Right. So from my father leaving to that particular uh, experience, because, right. you know, it just right. went on for a little while with the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was just running life through circles. So at about age 17 years old, mm-hmm. I became a female dancer. Jesus. And I wasn't old enough to technically strip in the clubs, mm-hmm. but I did. And so primarily I had to strip underground. I mm-hmm. had to do private parties and things like that. And you know, when you do private parties or you go underground, mm-hmm. you have no one to protect you. Right. You can't control what goes on in somebody's bachelor party or right. things like that. Right. You know, your life is just in somebody else's hand. And at 17 Jesus. years old, I, I just would just drink as much as I could so mm-hmm. that I could make it through the night. Right. Well, a family member came to me and mm-hmm. she said, Erica, I know that you are um, hurting mm-hmm. and I know that you're living your life and I can't control and tell you what to do with your life. Right. But what I can tell you is you're not just hurting yourself. Right. You're hurting all of us as well. Right. So you need to think about your actions and what you're doing and how it's affecting other people. Right. And because I love that family member so mm-hmm. much, I came out of that world. I stopped stripping like that. I never, yes, I never went back and did another strip pole dance. Mm -hmm. Thank (laughs) you, Jesus. Yes, yes. No offense to anybody that's doing it, but thank you, Jesus. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
mm-hmm. I met my first husband at 17, and we got married at when I turned 19. He was seven years older than I was, mm-hmm. um, and we went on to have three beautiful children. Mm-hmm. But my marriage was dysfunctional. It was mm-hmm. abusive verbally and physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had good times, but we had a whole lot of bad times, too. Right, right. Um, and so when I came out of that marriage, on top of everything else I went through, mm-hmm. I was all jacked up in the head. Right. All right. jacked up. Right. So I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I hit rock bottom after that. Mm-hmm. I just went on for a, I went on as long as I could. Right. Trying to add on layers and pieces of life, trying to figure out life along the way, trying to make it through, mm-hmm. all add on top of that brokenness. And when I hit rock bottom, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I, I just did, I couldn't go anymore. I, right. I just was like, I'm giving up. I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And in that time, God said, okay, it's time for me to send my people in. Thank you, Jesus. God said, there were men that broke me down. Right. But do you know God sent three men into my life to pick me back up? Thank you, Jesus. He, my, I, I had a friend that came into town. I was sitting there sad, crying, all just depressed, just mm-hmm. thinking about ending it all, not knowing where to go, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do, how I'm going to help somebody. Right. And he just poured into me. He poured into me. Thank you, Jesus. Then I, I, I landed at the Winter Circle Church with Pastor Leon, mm-hmm. and I just remember him coming up, introducing himself to me, and, and I said, can I tell you something? He said, what? I said, I've been crying every day for a year. He said, mm-hmm. well, what do you mean you've been crying every day for a year? I said, every morning I go to work and I sit in my cubicle and I cry every day from 9 to 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then at 11 o'clock, I wipe my tears. Then I'll get up and go and interact with the rest of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I said, this has happened for an entire year. Mm-hmm. And so he began praying over me and counseling me. He had given Thank me his Jesus. cell phone number so that he could like keep in touch with me right. and give me, you know, prayer and things like that right and so that was part of my shift along with him guiding me and then my father mm-hmm. spent the last three years of his life with me thank you Jesus. and god just had an abundance pour into me and then and that at that point i realized that all of those experiences that i had gone through for over the past 20 something years God mm-hmm. used all of those experiences for me to write this book, The Seven yes, Techniques of Healing. Absolutely. Because the techniques that I developed and learned mm-hmm. in going through my healing process, mm-hmm. I put them step by step in this book so that the book can be a guide for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to help heal yourself. Right. The, the whole goal is when you're broken and you're hurt, yes. don't keep adding on more hurt and more pain. Don't right. keep putting band-aids on your wounds. Right. Let's get right. these wounds. Let's get them healed. Let's get them fixed. Right. And so this is how the seven techniques of healing was birthed. Mm-hmm. This is how one step beyond you was birthed. Okay. Because it says what it says and what it, what it means is don't allow your limitations to hinder you. Right. But instead, take one step beyond you okay okay you know as i so as i was listening and of course your your uh your website doesn't share all of that so i mean i'm just i'm just in a maze 
amazement and I'm I'm truly, you know, just as I was listening, was just thanking God because um some notes that I kind of written down um to make sure I wanted to talk about. Um you you talk about a lot of um what I what I wrote down. So um there's a book called Shattering Your Strongholds by a woman named Liberty uh Savar and basically what she talks about is how um the enemy seeks to keep us in bondage um, through these strongholds or these walls that we erect around um, certain ways of thinking, certain mindsets, certain behaviors, based upon the ex- traumatic experiences we've we've gone through and the wrongs that that have been done to us. And so, for example, as we talk about daddy issues, so here you had your father walk out and then turn around and you had a man that you thought you would be able to trust and build a relationship with, um, turn around and 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 really you know hurt you along the same lines as your father because of what he did in terms of you know molesting you so now you are this you know broken girl seeking love in all the wrong places and so that in itself is a stronghold which which causes you to act a certain way it causes you to think a certain way and um in her book what she basically says is usually these things are wrong in terms of alignment with the will of god so you're like you said you became rebellious you're acting out you're drinking you're smoking then you you move on to stripping all of these things and again you know no judgment to anyone but when we're talking about a life of salvation um all of these things are contrary to the word of god where like you said, we can't um, we can't continue to bury them and just pray that they go away. We can't, you know, give it these temporary fixes. Like we actually have to, you know, unpack this stuff. We have to let the Lord help us bring this stuff up and out and really deal with it. And so, um, as I listened to you talk about how once the family member intervened and then you hit rock bottom and then the Lord was like, okay, now it's time. The first word that came to my mind was restoration. And it's like, okay, now after you have been, you know, and, and again, all according to his plan and his purpose, I have continuously quoted, uh, Romans eight and 28, where, we are the call according to God's purpose. So here he had this purpose for you that, of course, you didn't know as you're going through all of these things, never really knowing that your pain was was going to serve a purpose. He restored you for his purposes so that now you can be a vessel to him. And so to hear you give the full story, it was just like, wow, thank you, Jesus, um, you know, that you have connected us and brought yet another vessel um you know, to really show people how God steps in in his perfect time and to intervene. Yeah, I I agree with that. And the, one of the things that took me a long time to accept was, why did God allow me to go through over 20 plus years of hurt and pain? Right. That was a question that I asked for a long time. Right. What is my purpose? And then one day it was revealed to me. Well, my first client who was in her 60s had wow. issues that I had to share my personal right deep go I had to go deeper than what I went in the story wow. today. Wow. I had to go deeper mm-hmm. for my client to open up right and understand right. why God brought us together. Right. That's right. working at my client. Wow. So then it all makes sense. 
mm-hmm. that I had to go through my experiences Absolutely. and learn Absolutely. so that I can turn around and use yes. those experiences and that yes. test and testimony to reach back and be a blessing yes. to another woman out here who's going Absolutely. through something, who's just sitting in her car today crying, don't know why she's crying, right. don't understand what her purpose is, yes. don't know you know, the mistakes that she made, she's feeling ashamed of her past. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and it's my it's my, my God given right to tell you, don't be ashamed. Absolutely. You can't go back Absolutely. and change the past. But what you can do is change your present Absolutely. and your future. And your future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead now, you preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's another, um, you know, so many, I guess, themes that have ran through. Um, I'm in my 10th episode. And so, so many things that have ran through where, you know, God took me through um, some horrible experiences and then brought me out. That's the piece that we, we always have to make sure people know took me through it, but then brought me on the other side of it so that I can now turn around and look to other women and help pull them out of whatever their pit may be. Um, just to briefly share, I guess, my experience with daddy issues. Um, so I, uh, my parents who both are deceased, my bi- biological parents who both are deceased, um, they both were drug addicts. And so um, I had more of a relationship with my mom than I did with my dad. Um, but I was not raised by either. I was actually raised by my mother's um, maternal, you know, my mother's parents. And, um, they, I mean, literally they were, you know, mom and dad. Um, however, like I've tried to explain to people over the years and even some of my family members, because I'm the oldest of six children, five of which were raised in the same home with me. And what I've tried to explain to some of the family members is that just because we had grandma and granddaddy who, you know, would move heaven and earth for us, it still does not erase the void of your mother and your father. And so, um, speaking of, you know, in terms of my father, like I said, there, there was no relationship. Um, um, actually the drug house that he bought drugs from was directly across the street from my grandparents. So there were times where he would be in the neighborhood and he wouldn't take the time to stop to see me. And that, that was always something that, uh, affected me. But I think what really, and, and I'm not going to say that, I didn't have issues coming up as a teenager because I've always been, you know, as my grandma would say, boy crazy. Um, But I think what really, I guess, hurt or really, you know, really um, became the light that I had issues surrounding him because it was always kind of like he wasn't in my life. God gave me my granddaddy. You know, I'm good. But at the same time, um, when he passed away, so he stopped using what I didn't know. I found out at his funeral, but he, he actually ended up stopped using drugs. He got clean. And then some years later, he started to have some strokes. He had about, I think two or three strokes. And I can remember my grandmother calling saying, you know, he's in a um, convalescent home. You should go visit him. And of course I'm like, now nah, I'm good. It's nothing for us to talk about. And so, um, I don't know within a few months he had passed away. And so my grandmother called and my mother was still living at the time. And so she said, you know, I'll go, I'll go to the funeral with you. And what was completely devastating was the fact that people got up and, you know, they talked about how he had cleaned up his life. He had um, married and had, you know, other children. He was very active in their life. They, you know, they played sports. He was a coach. He was active. He was this, he was that. 
And he never reached out to me. And he never, you know, again, my grandparents, my grandmother still lives in the same house. So never tried to contact me even once he got clean. Um, his, his wife reached out after the funeral, wrote a letter. And, you know, she basically said, I can't explain why this, that, or the third. So that that's kind of him over here. My grandfather was, you know, complete opposite, wonderful man. Um, you know, like I said, took my mom's kids in, raised us because she had um, a drug habit, you know, very involved and active in our lives and taking us to school and packing lunches and all of those things. Um, but like I said, it, it still didn't undo the damage done from not having your biological father. And so... Mm-hmm. I always wanted, because at least in my grandparents' home, they were married and we were a quote-unquote family. So I always wanted that. And so, you know, I'm all, even as a teenager, you you know, I'm I'm dating with the prospect of marriage because I, I, I guess I felt like if I could just find that man or that boy that would love me and, you know, take care of me unlike, you know, my father had, and just watching the the example of my grandfather and what he tried to do, which he's now deceased, um, that kind of has been my path. And so I did. Um, I I ended up meeting my ex husband when I was seventeen, and we have four children together. Um, we we stayed together for about twenty years. We got married, and we were married for twelve. And then um, suddenly last year, I found out he was having an affair with two different women and had babies with them both. And so, um, I was still trying to hold on to that marriage. (laughs) I was willing to forgive. I was willing to accept, you know, try to accept with the help of the Lord, accept these children, accept these women. And one thing that I can say in preparing for this, you know, with you, it had, I really had to think about my own situation. Like, okay, you, even after all of the hurt and pain and disrespect, you, you still were going to take this person because I didn't want to lose my family. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oftentimes um, we stay mm-hmm. for so many of the wrong reasons. Right. Um, a lot of a lot, the biggest answer that I found is because our self-esteem is low. Mm-hmm. We don't think that we can make it on our own mm-hmm. outside of the marriage. Mm-hmm. So we are willing to take deal with and accept mm-hmm. any and everything that we have to. Um, because we don't think we can make it. Right. And I do understand that we're supposed to take our marriage vows. Right, um, right. Important. But nowhere in the Bible does God say, right. allow your right. husband to beat you and abuse you. Right. And, you know what I mean? Right. And, and right. so I believe that that breaks the, the covenant. It does. You know? It does. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you speak in Bible. It absolutely... The, it, the, the, um, so it, it doesn't specifically speak to abuse, but it definitely says that, you know, um, adultery is is grounds for divorce. <laughs> it definitely does say that. But it, like you said, it it's a form, it's bondage. And so for me, it wasn't that I felt like financially I couldn't make it on my own. It was, you know, my line was, he, this is this is all I know. This has been my entire adult life. I've been with him longer than I've been than I was not with him. So it was like the like you said it was this fear of what would life look like without you know this marriage this person because at this at that point it was all I knew mm-hmm. but it right. obviously absolutely. was not healthy <laughs> Right absolutely because you got to think about it 
Um, it, it just depends on what, what frame of mind or what stage you were in when you came into this relationship. Right. You know, uh, you could have been a young girl and you, and this man basically raised you. Right. You know, so this is all, you know, you don't know what life is like outside of this relationship. Right. But the one thing that I can say is if you're in an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage, don't stay in that marriage. Absolutely. And get help. Absolutely. Get help. See if you can bring counseling into your Absolutely. marriage. Like if you just going to stay, Absolutely. see if you can bring a counselor in. See if you can get somebody to come in and intervene and in what's going on Absolutely. into your household. Because at the end of the day, you're saving your life yes. and you're saving your yes. children's life yes. and you're saving his life as well. Absolutely. Because if he does something to you, now your children don't have a mother. Right, and right. he's going to and they don't have a father right so right everybody is going to take a loss right. all across the board so don't be afraid reach out for help there's so many resources out right. here uh for people who is in abused relationships absolutely. you know and so that's just my little tidbit that i just want to throw in absolutely. to somebody who may be listening to this podcast and they're in an abusive marriage and abusive relationship um there's 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 different um resources and i i don't even have the uh there's safe houses there's absolutely um, absolutely but just different numbers you can call you can dial 211 right. or 411 on your phone right and uh the people will come in and they'll um refer you to some resources in your absolutely. neighborhood but oh but but ask for help don't stay in an, an abusive relationship because it's not you that's just being abused you're being abused and your children absolutely. are being abused as well because they're absolutely. sitting back learning that this is how a man is supposed to treat me when I become an adult. And I and one thing I'll say is like, you know, my my ex and he still says this, that what he did, he did it to me and it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with the kids. And you know, obviously, because he still says it, it's hard for him to really accept and maybe that's his own you know, issue where it's hard for him to really accept that, no, what you did affected the entire family. And I, I even take it as far as you, you disturb the dynamic of even the relationship with the in-laws. Like you, you made choices and decisions that affected the women that you cheated with, the children that you produced, you know, your wife at the time, your children, and, and then our families, you know, as a combined family in marriage. And so, um, just to that point that, we when we're in those situations we have to recognize that the decision and choice that we make doesn't just affect ourselves it affects everyone that's connected to us and so um you know when i really think about how it you know i tell people it was like one day i woke up and it was uh, you know i think god really magnified for me the disrespect that it was like if nothing else you know people grow apart people fall out of love you know we we definitely had begun to um grow in different directions um and it was like you know okay all of that is fine but the disrespect like the fact that you know for one you were right in the community that we lived in and um, then, you know, obviously you're having unprotected sex and, you know, things of that nature. And so like you, like you said, God does not intend, and that goes to the Romans chapter eight scripture that I read. He doesn't intend for us to live in, in bondage or even the Gal- Galatian scripture. He, Jesus, when you accept him, he sets you free. You are, you are free in him. And it said, those words says whom the son sets free is truly free indeed. And that freedom is 
that liberty is supposed to reign in every area of your life. So not only are you just free from the bondage of sin, but you are free. You don't have to be bound in any area of your life. You're not bound to stay in relationships that, um, they're hindering your growth. They're no good for you. They're harming you. They're toxic. You use the words um, dysfunctional when you talked about your uh, first marriage. God, that's not what God intends for his people. John 10, 10 and 10 says that um, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we have life and we have it more abundantly. He desires um, that we live an abundant life and we can't live that life. So when we talk about stepping into purpose, we can't live that life. If we're in bondage, we can't live that life. If we're bound to our past, if we're bound to our, you know, traumatic and hurtful experiences as children, all of these different areas of our life, we have to, um, allow God to free us. And when you were talking about, you know, therapy and getting help, it just made me think of the church you know, there is this stigma of therapy in the church. And, um, two weeks ago we had a therapist on, and I even talked about it when she was on, God has created all. And so no different than he can use, you know, my natural job, I'm a teacher, no different than he uses me as a teacher with, with students. He uses therapists as well. And it's important that we, we really, um, embrace the idea that God is present in all areas he's not just present in the church and so to not make people feel like the only place that they can find help is in the church and of course i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but sometimes like you said a person may need to seek counseling and therapy for themselves let alone you know in a marriage like your pastor counseling you and your husband may not help deal with whatever issues you are facing as an individual. So I definitely, I totally agree with, with what you, what you were saying. People have to be willing to seek all resources and avenues of help. And if you're prayer, if you're praying about anything, pray about that God. you know, send me in the direction, place the people in my life, whatever. Cause like you said, he sent three men into your life to begin to do the work that needed to be done in you. And I would imagine we, I, I definitely didn't think that that was what, you know, God used to restore you. So we got to be open-minded in situations like that of how God wants to move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and, and sometimes we're not going to always hear God, but you will know, like if you go in prayer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you talk to God, um, he talks to you in different ways. Like mm-hmm. you, you might not be a person where you can go in prayer and you are one with God to where you can hear him silently like that. Right. You know, there's right. somebody that, that might like, somebody might pick up the phone and call Absolutely. you and say, Hey, I need you to do so-and-so and so, you know, uh, but, but they're, and they don't know anything that you pray to God about, Absolutely. but God used them to be the vessel to share the message with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, it's, it's so funny that you, I started smiling when you were saying that because I was just having that conversation with someone earlier where, you know, we have to, um, learn to discern the move of God because he speaks through in so many ways and through so many, um, modes. So it could be music, it could be scripture, it could be a person, it, you know, just to, to think that God is going to whisper it to you. He doesn't always move in that way. And we have to be careful of looking for God to come in a particular way. We just need to be in a, um, expectation of him coming at all and him speaking at all. So I definitely, um, 
I definitely agree with that. You you had talked about um you you said something about acceptance, and when you said it again, you know, like I'm over here cheesing because I wrote down acceptance and moving on. And one of the things that you said was, for a while, you had a hard time accepting why God would allow you to really go through um, all of the things that you went through. Why do you think we struggle with that? Well, because we don't know his, his purpose for us. We don't know the bigger vision. Uh, We don't, we didn't, we don't have an understanding at the time. Yes. We just see what, what, what our here and now is, what our reality is. We don't understand that, our reality was for a reason right. because it had to take us somewhere and you just want to get out of that yes. situation or mm-hmm. that circumstance mm-hmm. that, that, that you're in. And so it's like, uh, I, I, I can't accept this. Like I'm supposed to live a, I'm supposed to be a millionaire, right? We all want to mm-hmm. be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I want to ride on my boat in my yacht, mm-hmm. but yet I'm sitting up here stuck with this fool. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know why, and I, and I know that I'm better than that. I know I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be more. I know I'm supposed to do more, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh, uh, so that that is why because we just can't accept where we're at. But then when you find out later on mm-hmm. that it was all for a purpose, right? It was all right. for God's purpose, right? You know, I like to call it healing for a higher purpose. Absolutely. Let me write that down. I like that. <laughs> and and so, you know, that I I mean, that's so spot on to what this podcast is all about and just, you know, you you know, you talked about how like your how your book and your company and things how it was uh birthed out of the experiences that you had. And same thing here. You know, I went through Um, Like I have said, my experience with my ex is absolutely the worst experience of my life. The devastation and the heartbreak and just the, I mean, everything associated with it. It truly is the worst thing that I've ever, I've ever went through. But now on the other side and, and the thing about healing is, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm still healing. I, I will never I would not stand today and tell anyone that I am completely healed. I, I speak, I speak healing. So I speak it as though it is, meaning that I know that one day I will be completely healed. But God is still, you know, working on me and dealing with me as I minister through this podcast and in other situations where I minister to people. It's like certain things that, you know, I I may not have even, even realized I was struggling with concerning this situation. It's like, oh, wow. And God is able to help me as I'm helping someone else. So um, I, I truly know that. Like you said, I I had to go through those those things. Those things had to happen to me. And even digging even further back, you know, I, I I've said before, like, well, why did I have to be born to parents that were drug addicts? Why did you know, why couldn't I be born to a mom and a dad that was married in a home, you know, the picture perfect life, so to speak? Why like why did I have to have those experiences? But then I can sit here today and I can minister to Pete to people in those situations or that have come out of them and say, Hey, God can heal that, that feel that void. When Psalms 27 and 10 says, "When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. So when I think about, you know, your testimony of how your father walked out and then here's the next guy comes and he's, you know, molesting you. And then 
I can only imagine what you went through in the underground with, you know, as you're a dancer at such a young age. And like you said, no one to protect you. I can only imagine the experiences with men in that type of situation. And then moving on to your um, ex-husband and your experiences with him. But then look at how the Lord stepped in and how through all of that, he took care of you. And he used various vessels, but at the end of the day, God stepped in and he took care of you. And now you were able to be ushered into a place of purpose, like you said, where you can reach back to the next woman and you can help her and say, hey, like, look at me. Look at what God did for me. Look at where I am. There's hope. There is definitely hope. Yes, absolutely. Because I I just, not only do I want to show people that I I was tested. Just like they're being tested right now. Somebody right now that's listening to the sound of my voice is being tested. You're in a situation, you're in an abusive relationship with someone and you have kids and you don't know how you're going to make it. If you leave this relationship, you don't know how you're going to put food on the table if you're not in this relationship with this. You're going through your test. But I just want to let them know that where there's a test, Absolutely. You will have a testimony. Absolutely. And a mighty one it will be. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I just thank God for my test. You know, yeah. I wrote a I wrote a song, um, and, and it's my, my I did an album mm-hmm. um called The Introduction to Erica Lynn and it's a motivational album and mm-hmm. it, and it talks about all different things. But there's a piece that I did and I called it Thank You Mama. Mm-hmm. And I told my mother, I said I'm sorry for all the things I said. I'm sorry for all the things I did. I know mm-hmm. you tried to hold on to me, but you had to let go and let God do the rest. Absolutely. You know, all the experiences I had, mm-hmm. I had to go through my test. See, right. I went through my test, but going through my test allowed me to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I swear it, it's always amazing. Well, it, it's, you're only my second guest, but just the way that, um, you know, God moves in the conversation because what you just said, I, my question I've been holding for you is, so we accept, um, so we accept not only that God has allowed these things to happen. And I, I, I like to highlight Job a lot and talk about, you know, how Job didn't know that God had offered him up because same thing that we've been talking about there was a greater purpose right and so not only just accepting that god would 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 let a 17 well would let a 13 year old be molested that god would allow a 17 year old to end up in a place where you know she's doing the things that she's doing that he will allow a young woman to end up in a marriage where she's being you know abused and things of that nature mm-hmm. but also accepting um like accepting that the things have happened because one of the things that I've talked about over the episodes is that God can do many things, but he doesn't go and change the past. He, he's not going to go undo the debt, the, what has been done. He's not going to go and change those events. Not that he can't because he's God. He can snap his fingers and do anything, but life just doesn't work that way. So he's not going back. It There's also, ha- there also has to be an acceptance of, um, and I think that that's a part of, you know, really dealing with, when we start unpacking what we've gone through and trying to heal from things, we have to accept that 
it is that that happened. We have to accept that it went down that way. We have to accept that this person that I thought, you know, would be, you know, in my life, that they ended up being this or that or the third. We have to accept that. And then the next step is moving on. Like, so and I'll say for you, once you really could receive, well, God had to allow these things for me because of purpose. Like how, how can we encourage women as they begin to deal with their issues, even if it's stuff they're going through now, how can we encourage them that, you know, to accept what has happened and now let's move forward. Let's allow God to, um, cause our steps in him have been ordered. So let's allow him to lead us to continue on so we can reach that place of destiny. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, in order for God to guide us and lead us, we have to be humble. Amen. You have to be humble. You have to be willing to be transparent. Yes, you God. have to be open. You have to <laughs> open up your mouth and say, I need help. Yes. You have to open up your mouth and, and, and tell somebody, I can't do this alone. Absolutely. I can't raise these kids Absolutely. by myself. You have to allow David to come in and pull you out. You have yes. to allow David yes. to pour into you. Yes. Just like David poured into so many people you have right. to allow you have to allow all the davids in the world that's yes. you me yes. your pastor your absolutely. mother your friends your sister somebody you have to allow them to be your david in your life and come into you and pull you out of lullaby and so that Man. you can walk forward into your purpose and into who god wants you to be Come on and now. If you be open and you humble, then you could be willing to see what yes. God has for you. Yes. But if you're not open, then you won't see the things that God has for you. You will continue to stay in that place of yes. bondage. But, yes. I, but, I, but I ask you to be humble. Absolutely. To be humble, to, to, to walk with humility. Absolutely. To say, it's okay, I know I danced on that pole. I know I wasn't supposed to be in the club last Absolutely. night, but that was last night. This is today. I'm willing to be yes. open. I'm willing to yes. change. I'm willing to walk Absolutely. that walk to see what, what God has for me. I'm willing to, to travel down that road that's less travel. And that is how you accomplish to, 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 to allow God to... Yes. to move you to your next step yes. to move you into your greatest victory it's all through a place of humility absolutely come on now i feel like we need to take an offering <laughs> <laughs> yes and and you know so when i when i refer to strongholds and so this like i said this podcast deals with not only what we've gone through but it deals with what we may be going through and so how we may have handled things before we can't change that all we can do is just try to move forward but if we're in situations now and we're dealing with things now it is important that we and the only weapon against this is prayer we have to pray and ask god that when we're in situations and going through things people are hurting us that we don't start to put up walls because we put up walls we close ourselves off and like i i told people when you do that you not only feel like you're protecting yourself closing yourself off you know it's like your defense but you you keep god out so then it becomes hard to humble yourself it becomes hard to open up and allow others to you know 
um, pour into you and try to uh, be the vessel that God may want them to be. When you um, allow, and, and that's nothing but the workings of the enemy who comes to whisper those lies to you to make you feel like, oh, he hurt you. They all like that. Oh, he he did that to you. You better believe that all men are like that. That's how the enemy gets us in the place of putting up these walls. And you know what? I don't want to deal with no man. Or I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be on the defense when, um, like in my situation, had I allowed the enemy to do that, I wouldn't have been able to open up my heart to love again. And the husband that I, that I have now absolutely love loves and adores me had i allowed the enemy to get in my head and whisper those lies that every man would be like my ex every man would is going to do me like my ex we have to be careful now when you know better you do better and so now that we know we we got to battle off the stuff from our past but we don't want to create like and you said it thank you jesus for bringing it back to my remembrance. You said it in the beginning when you said, we can't add on more issues to the issues we already got. So now that we know better, as we're trying to heal from the old stuff, don't cause new stuff, even though you're you're dealing with stuff, you're experiencing stuff, but how you handle it is so important. And as you begin to speak and say, being humble and being transparent, I mean, I'm just, I'm over here cheesing. My cheeks hurt because it's, it, it's like, yes, absolutely. This is, there's, you know, God can do all things, but we have a, a responsibility as well. It, we have to yes. move in a certain way as well. God is not a genie. And so, mm-hmm. like the word says, faith without works is dead. We have faith that God can change our situation. He can turn it around. He can restore us. But then we have a responsibility too. And how we handle yes. it is, that is our responsibility. Yes, yes, yes. Lord. You know, I, um, I have an insert in my book mm-hmm. that I, I picked out. And I think it would be, you know, befitting for what we're talking about. Yes, ma'am. And and I'll read it. Mm -hmm. Um, It says, now you must begin, excuse me, now you must begin to develop and nurture your idea. It is like a flower. You must water it and take care of it. Give it sunlight. Talk to your plant. Give it life. You should know that the moment you stop nurturing your flower, the leaves will begin to wilt away. As soon as you add water and sunlight, it will sprout right back up. Don't allow your ideas in life to become a wilted flower. Keep watering and nurturing your ideas until it becomes what you want it to become. If you look back and think about the things you have walked away from in order to arrive at this point of your healing, you will realize that these circumstances moved and allowed you to think about how to put the pieces of your life together. Yes. This was done in order to consider starting a business, applying for a new job, yes. going after that promotion, losing weight, finding love yes. while being present with your family. Always remember that success is what you make out of it. Mm-hmm. What you put in yes. is what you get out. Yes. Do not allow someone else to define what your success is or should be. Instead, go forward and take the leap into your visualized greatness. When you yes. see the dream or vision, make it make sure it's big. Make sure the aim is high and imagine all the possibilities. Yes. One day, you're going to look up and discover that leap you took, God had a plan for it. Yes. Do not walk. Leap to 
your greatness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that. I, you know, as you talk, I, I try to write, <laughs> you know, what, what, um, I feel like God puts in my spirit. And it's like, I heard you saying to speak life. We have to be mindful of um, the things that we let come out of our mouth. And so yeah. when we're talking about, you know, not just our ideas and our visions, but even just our healing and, and not speaking that we, we will never heal and we will never get over it. And I can't, and I'll never be able to forgive or I can't forget. No, we have to speak life because it's freedom. Um, and then you talked about, um, well, what I wrote down was reaping what you sow. And so, oh, you said what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You, you, we reap what we sow and that's, you know, positive and negative. And so if you are looking for God to do great and mighty things, what you sow is what the harvest that you will reap. And so we have to be mindful of that as we, you know, kind of as the word says, as we put our hand to the plow, we have to remember that what we put into it, what we reap is what we're going to sow. Um, and then you said, um, you know, visualizing what it is that you want. And that made me think of the scripture, um, where he said, write the vision and make it plain so that all that see it can, can, uh, as they run, they can read it. The things that, absolutely. Like what we want from God and what, you know, he wants us to have uh, expectation of him. And of course we, hopefully we know that when we pray, it's according to his will, but he, he wants us to have expectation of him. He wants us to hold him true to his word because you know, he is not a man that he should lie. He, all of his promises are yea and amen. And so um, we should live in great expectation that God is going to fulfill his promises. And like the scripture says, that he's going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever think or ask. You know, we have our vision. We have things that we want from God. And even even with healing, we, we have you know, how we envision ourselves whole and healthy and all those different things. Well, just imagine that God has prepared for you better than, even better than what you're asking him for. And like that in itself is enough to <laughs> give him a good praise that he, he's willing to give us more than we could, what we could ever even think to ask him for. Mm-hmm. So I definitely mm-hmm. enjoyed Absolutely. that. Yes. Yes, I, I've, I've been enjoying this conversation. It's Absolutely. been really wonderful. You know, I just hope that, some, you know, that it reaches someone. Absolutely. That it resonates with yes. someone. Yes, You know, uh, if you're just feeling like you're stuck and you don't know what to do. Yes. And you're saying that I've been trying it by myself and yes. I don't know how to move forward. Then I just want them to know I will walk with you. This is what I do. Yes. I will walk with you. Yes. You can reach out to me. And I will, I will give you the tools and the techniques that you need to help move you forward, move you from a place of being stuck sitting in your car crying every day to a place of you just adding on layers to this brokenness, trying to figure it out, move you beyond that, begin peeling back the layers and identifying what the root cause is that caused this to happen to you in the first place. Absolutely. So then when we put the, the the levels back on, now we're putting them back on a solid foundation, a yes. foundation without no cracks or no brokenness. Yes. And so as you go down the line after your healing is over and life comes at you, yes. then you have the tools and the techniques 
to, to, to fix it so that you won't fall back to where you started from. You might get a little shaky, like, whoa. Right, right. Like, oh, I learned what I need to do. Oh, Absolutely. I fixed it. And you able to snap out of it and keep moving and keep moving forward. And that's the thing, like, I, I really think, you know, when you when you start this process of really digging into um, your, you know, deeper self and things you've experienced so that you can be healed and you can truly walk in the freedom of the Lord, it takes a certain amount of courage and it takes a certain amount of bravery because, you know, like I said in the introduction, my introduction episode, we have stuff we've experienced in childhood and we've had stuff we've experienced in adulthood that is so horrible or it hurts so bad. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want nobody else bringing it up. And so we have learned how to stuff it deep, deep, deep down inside and keep it moving. And so for some people, um, these issues make anxiety rise, um, fear. I mean, all types of emotions that are attached to it that, that, in all, the enemy just doesn't want us to deal with stuff because he knows that if we can move past some things, like you've said, um, we'll be healed for the higher purpose. We'll be able to move into this realm that God has for us or move into that season where now he's using us all for the kingdom and all for the glory. And so, um, for some people that that's a real fear. That's, you know, something that they just, just the thought of it for some people is a bit much. And so, um, that manifests itself in so many different ways. Some of our behaviors, some of our, you know, the way that we think about things and how we look at people and all of this, you know, kind of crazy type stuff that, you know, God, God doesn't intend for us to be that way. You had said, um, when you were talking about like how we move forward, you said like being able to open up and reach out. And for some people, you know, that is bondage. Well, I don't trust anybody because of all the stuff I went through. So I can't even begin to open up and let anybody come in and help me. Those are tricks of the enemy. And so, um, I want to give you a few minutes to kind of give your final thoughts. Um, I'll start off with my final thoughts being that at the end of the day, regardless of what our situations may be with our dads. And I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, daddy issues we haven't even talked about i know like i said for my situation my my dad was a drug drug addict um your dad walked out on you i know that um other people you know may have had a father who was abusive in the home you know whatever the case may be i just want women to be able to accept that at the end of the day god is truly our father no no different than um you know a father who is loving and kind and caring and wants the best for his children and works to provide that and will give them anything that their heart desires as well as he will correct them when they're wrong and the lord stands waiting to be that for us and i i feel like even especially in our adulthood if we can truly learn to receive god as father then it will help give perspective to our other relationships with men, whether it's our natural fathers or, you know, spiritual fathers, husbands, boyfriends, whatever. If we really can learn that we are, we are daughters of the King. Amen. We are, you know, we are special in his eye. When we see that, then Joe Blow over here, you can't treat me any, any kind of way because I'm a daughter of the King. And so my final thought is I just really want people to, well, women to really understand that if you don't have anyone else, like, like Psalm said, that when your mother and father forsake you, God stands there waiting. And so I just wanted to give you an opportunity if you wanted to close out with some final thoughts before we end with prayer. Yes. Yes. 
Well, you know, I want to speak to the woman who feels like she gave up everything for her family. She gave gave it all for her children, Jesus. for the husband, Jesus. and she woke up one day and to find out who don't even know who she is, Jesus. don't understand what her purpose is, don't know why she had to give up so much of herself for so many other people and save nothing for herself. Yes, God. I want you to know that there was purpose in the reason why you had to do that. You had to pour into your family because your children is going on to live a legacy, to reach out, to help the next generation. So you had to be the vessel that poured into them. So now that you have poured into them, it is your time. See, when God says it's your time, it's your time. Yes, Yes. And what he has to do is he has to Peel back all your layers. Yes. Fix all your brokenness. Yes, God. Heal you. Yes, God. And put you back together. Thank you, Jesus. Piece by piece. Thank you, Jesus. And line after line. Yes, God. And so when he puts you back together, I know you're going to be thinking about all that hurt and pain you went through, but that's okay because one day you're going to sit back and be able to look back and laugh at yes, it. I know it's yes. not funny now. Yes. Well, you'll be able to look back and laugh at it. Yes. And so my point is, there are many women out there that have just totally given themselves up. Yes. Everything to your core and you left nothing for yourself. Yes. Well, now this is your season. Yes. And it is your time. Thank you, it is Jesus. time for God to send your David into your life yes. to pour into Jesus. you. It is time to be poured into, sold into, yes. loved on, yes. prayed on, <laughs> hugged on, given everything that you needed. It's yes, time Lord. to get refueled Oof, because Lord. now you're going to have to go on yes, and on a journey to doing a, a other things, bigger yes, and better things. It is time for you to heal yes, for God. your higher purpose. Thank and you, if Jesus. you're not sure, don't have any clue on how to do so, how to get there, reach out to me. Yes. I will definitely walk you through the steps that you need to walk through so that you can heal for your higher purpose. Yes, God. So don't regret anything that you did. Don't live in shame yes. for any decisions that you made. Yes, God. Because, honey, we all have done things that we're not proud of. Absolutely. When you share that story with somebody else, yes. you're going to save their life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Amen and amen. His mercies are renewed day by day, and he gives us every day we have an, another chance to get it right. Um, I have truly enjoyed this time, and I've truly enjoyed the conversation. Um, like you know, I said when we talked beforehand, God definitely was all up and through it and in it. And that always um, makes my heart glad because, you know, that is always my, my will and my desire. And so um, I will we I will send an email so we can um, look at how to get your information. And um, if you would like even your book on my website so that if, if anyone is looking to uh, reach out to you in terms of the transformation coach or wants to purchase your book, they, they will be able to do so. So we can talk about that later. Um, but I just want, as always, I like to close in prayer 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are just so thankful and grateful. You are the mighty God. We thank you, Lord, that you sit high, but yet you look low. We thank you, Lord, that just like the sparrow, you have your eye on us. You watch us, oh God. You see our hurts and our pain and our trauma, oh God, and you you desire that we be whole, we be healed, delivered, and set free. Father God, we just ask right now that that these words go out and that they do not return back void, that they bless some listener, oh God, that they help some woman, that they save a life, that they free a soul in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we ask that you will bless our our guests, oh God, that you will prosper the work of her hands, cover her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you cover her home, that you bless her children, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we ask that you will strengthen her, that she continue to be able to give glory to your name as she shares all that you have done for her in the name of Jesus. And Lord, when it is all said and done, we just ask right now that you continue to allow us to be vessels for you to bring the glory and the honor to your name because you deserve it. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we ask. Amen and amen. Miss Erica Lynn, I thank you so much. This was absolutely wonderful. Thank um, you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. I, I was blessed. And even that last, the last part, your last closing words, I mean, you speak, part of that, you were speaking that to me and I was just thankful for it. And so um, I just pray that God will continue to bless you and that you continue to um, do the work for God so that women can truly be healed for a higher purpose. That's right. Healing <laughs> for a higher purpose. Absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty, until next week, you all be blessed.